Hello, and uh, welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks Everybody, um, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. And um, before I introduce my very special and important guest, uh, I just want to talk about a few uh, housekeeping things, quick items first. Um, Today is September 10th. Um, This episode will come out after that, obviously, but the day, September 10th, is um, World Suicide Prevention Day, um, which is extremely important. Um, so when you're listening to this episode, it'll probably be October, um, which means that the September is over. So that means um, Suicide Prevention Month is over, which means that there won't be as much press and tweets and social media posts about suicide prevention and mental health. Um, you'll still see a lot from me, but um, as you're watching this, know that uh, preventing suicide, talking about mental health, Taking care of ourselves is a year-round thing, and we each individually can play a part in checking in on our friends, preventing suicide, um, posting lifelines, texting our friends, making sure we're there for them, checking in on ourselves. Um, But it goes a lot deeper than that. It goes into um, trying to create availability and access and affordability for all mental health care so all people feel like they can go and seek help for their for their mental health without having money issues or availability issues. It goes with like um, taking down disparities in our education system, which have a lot to do with our mental health, people feeling like they're behind because of where they live or where they grew up or their environment. Um, And all these kinds of things play into our mental health. So it's important that we talk about it and take action about all of these things year round, not just during one month. Um, But it's important to know that of course you are loved and your life matters, and uh, keep holding on for all the amazing things that you're going to uh, see, live, and be surprised by. So, yeah, cheers. Love you. All right. Cool. Um, but now to my guest. Um, he is my new roommate. Uh, as you all know, the situation previous, we won't get into that. Um, but I've, we, we knew each other in high school. We did. Um, we uh, were in this Jewish youth group together called BBYO which is pretty sweet. I was kind of an asshole back then. Um, we might touch on that. We might not. Um, but we reconnected uh, at a uh, friend's house while watching the Rangers game, like maybe two months ago. And uh, the situation kind of worked out perfectly. And he moved in on September 1st. Um, this is my new roommate, Joel. How's it going, y'all? I'm Joel. Uh, first podcast ever doing. Yeah! Don't really know too much... Uh, what to talk about, but yeah, Aaron and I, Jackson. You can say Aaron, it's okay. Okay. Don't, okay. don't, don't feel like you have to fumble over my name. Okay. It doesn't really matter. Well, Jackson and I <laughs> go back, uh, yeah, to high school, uh, two years older than me, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you graduate? 2010? Yes, 2010. Yeah. Plano West, baby. Uh, Plano Senior, so I guess, I guess uh, rival high schools, but yeah, high school back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, knew each other through uh, Jewish youth group, and it's been quite some time since I had last seen you since uh, we met back up at, at Tanner's place, our mm-hmm. mutual friend, and yeah, I'm glad, glad we did, because it, it worked out. I needed to get out of my parents' place for uh, my own sanity and mm-hmm. their own sanity, and you know, everything happens for a reason, and I'm glad that the situation worked out. Yes. Uh, very much so. I think everything happens for a reason in due time, for sure. It's hard to tell what those reasons are right away. 
Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, but, uh, so, okay, so you graduated high school. So, for the people watching, uh, I knew Joel was a good guy. And I heard from our mutual friends, like Taylor, people you don't know who I'm saying their names, you have no idea who they are, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, these friends that we knew in our Jewish youth group, when I reconnected with Joel, I didn't really know, like, what his path had been since high school. You know, I kept in touch. We kind of see what each other is doing through, like, social media but you don't really know what social media or what someone's doing because it's just a social media lens which is a very superficial yeah. lens of what people are doing and i'm not too active on social media just because i never really found it super healthy for me sure um and the people that i want to know what's going on in my life i directly reach out to or hope that they directly reach out to me so not super public on social media but you can uh you know, always look me up. I'm, I'm have a presence because it's welcome to twenty first century. I guess right. it's inevitable. Yeah. Um. So really, I just kind of knew asking you to be my roommate. I just kind of knew you were an overall good guy. No, I appreciate everybody vouching for my goodness. Yeah, and uh, everyone that I talked to was like, "Yeah, he's a good guy," and I was like, "I, I knew that in high school, really." Yeah, no, I, I was I was relatively shy. Um, I mean, I was I was still extroverted in high school, but I was very naive. Didn't really know too much of you know what goes on in the real world. But uh, you know, times have changed since 2012, and uh, they you know, sure I've, have. I've grown, matured, learned a lot about myself, learned about the world, and uh, yeah, just. Again, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Things fall in place. You may not know exactly what those reasons are immediately, but the there does get clarity. There, there is clarity in the future. For sure. So you graduated high school twenty twelve, and then what did you do? Yeah. So, so, so what I was saying was that not only are you guys getting to know Joel a little bit better, but I am also in the same way getting to know him a little bit better. Yeah. So my path has been a roller coaster of a ride since graduating high school. Um, I wanted to get out of Texas, experience something new. Mm. Um, so I ended up going to Arizona State University. Go Sun Devils. Sick. Um, hey, Barry Bonds, he went there. Yes, he did briefly. Um, and ended up getting a undergraduate degree in computer information systems. Uh, so more of the IT background. Uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Just knew that I wanted job security and I wanted to make a decent living. Basically, you know, have the same standard of living that I had growing up. Um, did a great job uh, making friends there, um, which I thought was going to be a really difficult time. I told myself when I when I initially went, I wasn't going to join a fraternity. First semester, ended up joining a fraternity. That's where I ended up meeting some of my best friends that I still talk to today. That are that are all over the U.S. as well. Um, and then, let's see. I, I guess the big uh, trend or the big big spark for my career happened going into my senior year of college. I had an internship with State Farm Insurance in their IT department. Um, that sent me to Bloomington, Illinois. So if you're not familiar where Bloomington, Illinois is, it's central Illinois. Think farmland, hence farm and state farm. We're surrounded by cornfields. Really nothing in, in central Illinois, so I know I didn't want to be staying there, but I ended up getting uh, 
the same internship during my senior year, which was in uh, Tempe, Arizona. Um, and coincidentally, that translated to a full-time job offer. But the job offer was back here home in Dallas. So in 2016, I ended up packing everything, every uh, bit that I had in Arizona, moved back home in with my parents, um, you know, to save some money financially, pay off some student loans and For debt, because... Sure. Yay, that's a nice chunk of change out of the pocket every uh, every month. Fortunately, now uh, there, there's a slight halt on that in interest, which is nice. But uh, I loved what I was doing in IT. I loved the state farm people, the brand. Um, it was a great company to work for. And so doing an IT analyst role for a year and a half, I ended up getting... Um, promoted um, really quickly after a year and a half to the IT internship coordinator and supervisor for the program here in Dallas. And that was kind of my dream job ever since being an intern myself. I saw what kind of influence and empowerment you could have on college students uh, who kind of didn't know what their career path was in the same boat as me just a few years ago trying to discover really what you want to do with life. So that was my dream job that I ended up getting. And it's something that, you know, I, I was very, very passionate about. Um, I'm very passionate about education, learning, and ultimately helping people. And I thought that this was a very fitting role. A lot of people saw me as the underdog just because of my age. I was 24 at the time. Um, but I found it advantageous to me because I was more relatable to people that were in college than um, those that are, you know were so far removed. Um, so that was kind of my dream job. And then I found out the company was doing a little bit restructuring and that gave me, and I didn't know if I was going to have some job security. And so that gave me some time to reflect on you know, what were my career goals? What, where did I want to go in life? And um, initially, when I did apply to State Farm, it was so that I could stay in Tempe at their new hub that they had just built there. And I was, I was very glad to take the job here in Dallas, but hoped that it would eventually bring me back to Arizona. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't happen in the time frame that I would have liked. So I saw this restructuring as an opportunity for me to leave a job in a company that I loved so much to go back to my network, my friends that I had made and ended up packing up to move back to Arizona in March of for April 2018. Um from there, I ended up moving in with my grandmother. Shout out, Grandma. Thanks, Grandma. Um, You're a real one. She she is not the easiest person to live with, but she is uh, one of my favorite people in the world. Great role model. She's 83, still works part-time. Uh, 83? Yeah, she's 83, still works part-time. She's got four great-grandchildren, uh, and she she's going to live forever, in, in my opinion. Um I mean, her, her mom lived to 99 and unfortunate circumstances uh, ended life. But uh, yeah, no, she, my grandmother's great. Um, let's see. Um, so on. let me stop you right there and talk about college first. Yeah. 
So growing up, was college for you, was it mandatory? Like your parents were like, you have to go to college no matter what? Or was it something you wanted to do and they kind of said, this would be good for you? Yes. Was it always something that felt like a natural progression for your life? So it was definitely something that they, um, you know, push. They didn't really push on me, but it was definitely present. There's this thing um, back in the day called the Texas Tomorrow Fund, which is a fund that they put money in when I'm growing up. That'll pay for my college here in Texas. Well, we see how that all worked out as I did not want to stay in Texas. I, I needed a change of environment, change of scenery. You know, going back to high school, you know, I was fairly shy. I didn't have like a super close, I had a close knit of friends, but I didn't have like a wide variety of friends and I needed to just get out and try something new so and the other thing is you know growing up in Plano I've kind of felt like that was a, a societal and um not obligation but kind of it's just what we did right after high school yeah. And I didn't feel like going to the community college um, because I wanted to go and get the four-year college experience. And um, getting out to Arizona State uh, was just the best opportunity I felt for me at the time. Um, my dad's an alumni there, and like I said, my grandma's out in Phoenix. So it wasn't that I didn't have a good foundation when I moved out there. I had a good understanding of the area, but I did feel a little bit pressured in I guess the direction and the choices of career path or, or um, a major that I was going to pursue um, so one of the things that I was really into in high school I'm a trombone player I've been playing trombone for 15 years now um, and actually it was my trombone teacher in high school that kind of talked me out of pursuing music as a career interesting uh, because, what do you think that was because kind of my sheltered mind um back in high school was what you can do with the trombone is either you know go go to college get that bachelor of music degree which really is only applicable towards music and then you go and you try to work for a symphony orchestra, which is in a symphony, there are only two tenor trombone rolls and sometimes a third. And if you don't get that, then you're going to be sitting in a six foot by eight foot practice room for your life just teaching trombone. So um, he kind of knew, again, my standards of living and stuff like that. And, and that kind of I thought gave me a clear vision of okay this I could still have a hobby and try to get a career at the same time um, throughout college I still played the trombone I played it with the um, trombone choir uh, which is the trombone ensemble uh, the ASU trombone desert bones I know <laughs> great great name um, but so I, you were a desert boner yes exactly so I um <laughs> So I did have, uh, you know, a hobby still, and I still had a career path um, that suited my my standards of living. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think, where was I going? Well, looking back at that conversation with your t with your musical teacher, do you think it helped or hindered your life going forward? I'm not going to say it necessarily hindered my life because, you know, I can't necessarily go back on the choices that I made, but I think I definitely would have been happier um, 
going forward. Um, not to say that I, I necessarily know that for sure, but being young, um, you know, when, when you're young, you're very impressionable. Mm -hmm. The people that you really look up to leave a lot of impressions on you. And so I was still in that mindset of growing and learning and still trying to figure out, okay, what is the real world going to be like post-college? I hear this, you know, the horror stories of, uh, people going to music school, going to get their master's in it, and then they're stacked up on student debt, and then they're either, like I said, teaching in a practice room, or they're doing something completely else with their degree. Um, my teacher right now, he, he's now working as a field service engineer because he just didn't think that trombone for him himself was also applicable. So, you know, the people that you really look up to and are role models to you, they leave big impressions on you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what led me to not pursue a career in trombone um, or any musical path. Uh, and that's kind of what led me into IT. You know, my first um, information systems class I really enjoyed and I excelled at and I was the one that was helping everybody else. Um, it's kind of, you know, the business world, you, you going back to the parents pushing me to college, it's not that they pushed me to, to go a certain career path, but really all I knew in a career and how to make my own standard of living was what they do. My dad works in IT, my mom works in marketing research. Sure. So, um, that's really the realm of what I knew back then. And that doesn't necessarily mean it was the right path. It doesn't mean that it was the wrong path. Absolutely. It just wasn't... It was the path. It was to... It was the path for me at the time. Yeah. Um, so, going back to, uh, you know, when I left my job at State Farm to yeah, go moved to in with Phoenix, grandma. moved in with Grandma, mm -hmm. um, I was struggling a lot, especially um, mental health-wise. My anxiety was really bad. So, to give you... A little bit of background on my anxiety. Um, I've had an anxiety disorder since, you know, elementary school. I could think of times having panic attacks back then. Um, it definitely be a roller coaster at times. Um, I was bullied a lot in um, middle school, even in high school sometimes, just because, you know, puberty it laid on me. Um, I still don't have, you know, the lowest frequency of a voice. It could still crack at any moment and uh i hope it does on I, the show i yeah it, it, i wouldn't be surprised if it does yeah but my my confidence was there we go um my confidence was definitely uh very low and had taken a hit and definitely left a, a very um impactful uh situation in my life and i think that's what's a lot of times too has con um contributed to my anxiety so being back in Arizona without a job, living off my savings, living with my grandmother, who's mm -hmm. definitely not changing a damn thing about her. She, she was 80 plus, so she, she is stuck in her ways. I mean, I love to say what she did. Uh, <laughs> she has her nightly routine where she would, uh, you know, come home, sit at a computer, play solitaire, smoke her cigarettes inside the house. Which <laughs> not enjoyable she doesn't run the air conditioning in the summer and doesn't run the heater in the winter it's like a static 80 percent uh inside the house so it's just not very tolerable for me um oh, and she watched uh reruns of shark tank that she believed were new episodes oh that's tough so uh 
yeah, she, she wasn't the easiest person to live with, but I was very grateful that I had a place to go that I could pack up and uh, attempt to look for work while I was there. Mm -hmm. um, did end up finding a job, um, and that did not last too long just because it wasn't the right fit for me. Um, my anxiety had been um, getting severely worse. Um, there had been a time where I had to come back to Dallas for like a week just to kind of reset it, go see my doctor, get make sure my medicine was was all Were you, working for me. Um, in terms of your anxiety, did you start taking medication like right away? I've I've been on medication since elementary school. I've been seeing a psychiatrist, um, therapist, um, mostly psychiatrists that are just there to diagnose the the cause rather than get into the root of it. Um, mm -hmm. There's, you know, a big difference between psychiatrists, which can prescribe, and therapists who um, are there more to coach and to, to help you understand more about your life. So right. I've been on meds and every different, you know, anxiety med that you can think of. Um, still take medication just because it really, really helps um, a lot of things. But... Um, you know, I think there's definitely a stigma, you know, that a lot of people, you know, there's anxiety, which is both a healthy um, and, you know, it could be a destructive emotion. Like mm -hmm. there's definitely healthy anxiety when you're excited about something, you could be anxious, um, stuff like that. But I think a lot of people don't necessarily know how to manage their emotions. So their first thought is go and get medication, mm -hmm. which I think... Um, isn't necessarily um, productive in terms of trying to manage your levels of anxiety. Um, but for me, because it's been a pattern of going back since elementary school that um, the medication, you know, I've, I've been on several different ones and it just, um, it helps me manage it better. Um, I'd also get panic attacks. So that's a big thing that I would need my medication for if I were to have a panic attack that definitely calms me down um, because it's not just always a mental thing um, I don't think people realize that um, anxiety just doesn't come and I don't want to do this I don't want to do that because or there's something preventing me but I actually would get physically um, I would get physical symptoms from my anxiety or when I had panic attacks uh, I throw up I dry heave um, I'd get anxiety tics. It, it ranges from um, burping to my eyebrows raising and ears moving um, when levels of anxiety are high. And, you know, I, I, it's, I used, they used to think it was Tourette's before realizing, you know, it's not Tourette's. It's, um, you know, just a, a side effect of having anxiety sometimes is you'll get these tics. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've never really been super open about that, but, you know, it's important to understand that, you know, these sort of things can happen to somebody with an anxiety disorder um, or the physical symptoms as well. Right. And that's even with medication. Um, you know, anxiety is, it's truly a roller coaster. You're going to have your ups and your downs, um, even when it's manageable. Um, like right now, I, I feel like I'm in a really, really good position. Um, doesn't necessarily mean I, I'm going to have an episode or going to have a, a relapse at some point where I'll reach a low, but um, I just know that that's a low point at the time and that doesn't necessarily mean that things aren't going to get better because I know that 
you know, when my grandma says, you know, this too shall pass, and, and it really does. And Everything's um, temporary. Yeah, everything really is temporary, even though the anxiety disorder I don't see going away anytime soon. It's just how I've learned to manage it, yeah. and um, through a, a mix of... Uh, like I said, medication and going to see a therapist, um, those two things intertwined. And then, of course, support of family and friends and just being able to have people to talk to outside of that is also, you know, the most important thing that's been able to manage my anxiety. So, um, if, um, couple questions. First, thank you for sharing. Of course. Um, so one, one time I was told, that anxiety, when you're having an anxiety attack, it kind of feels like... Oh. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, it's happened to me before. Um, <laughs> that, so like, say you're like sitting on, like you're on a train track. Yeah. And you're like sitting in the middle of the train track. And anxiety is kind of like seeing the train come all the way at you and then not hitting you. And then it's starting back all the way far again. And it's just a repetitive thing of like the train almost hitting you, but not, and then it's starting to come again. That's a really interesting analogy because a lot of times when the anxiety starts hitting, you could definitely feel it in your chest. You could feel it in your gut. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely, it, it, it really depends on the situation for it to feel like a train is coming towards me and then just resetting, but never really hitting me. Right. Um, like there's times, uh, one of the big things that I'll get is, um, transitional anxiety. So like when I'm doing something about to transfer to a new job or a new place, or, um, even going on vacation to a new, um, state, city, country, whatnot, um, just the unknowns will give me anxiety, but that doesn't necessarily mean like I'm scared or anything. It's just, um, you know, I'm excited or, you know, I don't know, really know what to anticipate. Yeah. So, um, that train track analogy is good. Um, but it's definitely situational because I feel like in that situation, it's more of like you're afraid of something coming at you. Yeah. Um, whereas there's definitely those moments, but, um, I haven't, I, you know, I, I haven't really thought of a, a good analogy for yeah. the different situations that I experience my anxiety with. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard or, or seen or been educated on any other good analogies because I'm, I'm not one that suffers from anxiety. Mm -hmm. So like, obviously I don't know how you feel. Yeah. But, uh, from just like doing a lot of research over the last couple of years on all these kind of different things and speaking to a lot of different people, I think with those important with managing anything like that is like understanding uh, like what you need in the moment. Like, cause like even if you're on medication or you see a therapist, which are brilliant things that people should do if they feel that that's where they need or what is good for them. Um, but like in the moment when thing is about, when something is about to happen or you feel you're about to get anxious about something maybe negative, cause it's good to get anxiety or anxious over like something that you're excited about, you know? Maybe you have like a big thing you're doing and you're like a little anxious because you want to do well, but you've prepared for it and all these other different circumstances, right? But maybe it's a negative kind of anxiety coming on. You got to kind of understand what you need in the moment and be able to like have those coping strategies in that period of time to be able to get through that. Because anxiety, again, is a temporary thing. Like having an anxiety attack is a temporary thing. Yeah, it, come, it comes in, it comes in, like, like I said, the, I guess my analogy is the roller coaster. You know, you're going to have your highs, you're going to have your lows. 
but ultimately the ride is going to just keep going and not necessarily come to an abrupt halt like it does. It's, yeah. it, it, it's up and down. So um, I, guess, I guess a better analogy instead of the roller coaster is it's more like a Ferris wheel. You know, you go up, you go down, you go up, That's but true. it's kind of constant. So. so for you, if you're if you're about to, if you feel like an anxiety attack is coming, is there something that you do like immediately to try to help that? Um, I definitely try to recognize the source. Uh, you know, the big people that I'll, I'll always talk to are my parents because, you know, they're my biggest supporters in life, even though sometimes it feels like they really just know how to bring out the anxiety in me um, a lot more times. But, uh, you know, ultimately I know I'm in their best interest. Um, so definitely I'm a talker. Um, so talking it out with people and just trying to... Not necessarily, you know, just restructure my, my thoughts on um, what the situation is. Yeah. Um, like, you know, even this morning, I, I had a job interview and, uh, you know, I definitely right before I get in, um, got onto the Zoom meeting, I, you know, not in person anymore. Um, but you could definitely feel the, the heart beating. Um, you know, a little bit of sweating coming through. But then once you get that human-to-human interaction, like I saw her dog, you know, it's really just another step in the process. So um, just being a, you know, and I'm also aware of when something new is going to come and there might be an increase of anxiety um, that, you know, through patterns, I've been able to tell, okay, this is going to happen so this is what I need to do, like focus on my breathing or just not tr- or try to find something else, um, like something that's a healthy coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, um, you know, work out. Some people go for a walk. I like to go for a walk occasionally, reset my mind. Um, I listen to a lot of music. Music definitely reflects my mu- mood. Um, but also, you know... Um, Rest is another really important thing, and it, it's almost like a, um, you know... You say rest? Rest. Yes. Yes. I, rest. I, I like... I tell people my favorite position is horizontal. I like to be lying down a lot. Um, Tits up, baby. I know. So, uh, I just... Um, you know, sometimes I need to just lie down and, you know, take a quick nap or something to reset my mind because it truly um, can be really, really productive at times just having a nice refresh or just knowing what you like to be able to take your minds off the things that, you know, you're just overthinking about sometimes. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Those are kind of the things that I did. Um, That's good. So, you know, going back to, you know, when I was in Phoenix um, and I was working for a company um, that just wasn't a good fit. My anxiety had been getting super high um, like in completely unmanageable to the point I was having like two panic attacks a day. Like this is the worst it ever been for you. The worst it had ever been for me. Um, and this 2018. This was 2018, late yeah, um, fall of 2018, and my parents were on a trip in Asia, and in, you know that's 12, 13 hours apart difference. So I couldn't really get in contact with them and. It had gotten to the point I was calling out, um, you know, sick, and I just re- still been relatively new. Um, and it's at that point one of our family friends, who is a doctor, um, 
you know, suggested that I go and seek, you know, further help. So I got some more intensive care um, in order to help me manage the anxiety. It helped me realize a lot of things. Um, that's why I, I didn't stick with that job too long. And my biggest fear, I think, at that moment was, think, uh, you know, f my fear of failure and that I didn't want to have to leave Phoenix um, to come back and move, you know, back home. And because that was really my motivation for leaving the state farm job was to start a new life in Phoenix. But I wasn't really, you know, you know, the three year gap that I was or two year gap that I was between college and high school or at college and um, moving back. Um, while I was here in Dallas, the people that I was friends with in college that stayed back, you know, grew closer together. And it's, I wasn't as involved as, as we used to be or as it used to be, you know, things changed. And that's kind of how it was too when I moved back here after college was the friends and such that I had in high school and, um, you know, a lot of them went to college together, grew closer, ended up moving back here, um, too. And, um, while I had a select few friends, it just wasn't like the same hanging out every day, doing our, our, our usual, you know, hangouts and, mm -hmm. and watching sports and stuff like that. But you felt, do you feel like you were out of the loop? I was deaf. I definitely felt like I was out of the loop a lot of times. Yeah. Because again, and this goes back to why I don't use social media a lot is you'd see the sort of stuff on social media. Um, the worst, I think, for me had to be Snapchat, was seeing people out, you know, because that's something that you take while you're there and post up while you're there. So seeing um, some mutual friends getting together and knowing that I wasn't invited or I wasn't being included um, and saw the pattern of um, not being included really kind of stirred the emotions for me. It hurt, um, definitely. Yeah, it definitely really, really hurt. So getting rid of Snapchat was definitely like one of the best things I could have done probably for my mental health just because I don't want to know what they're doing. I don't want to know that I'm not being included. I want to be able to take control of my own situations and, and you know, how I'm feeling um, when it comes to relationships and friendships. So, um Definitely, that was uh, a rough patch, was not really Phoenix going how I had envisioned or had in my mind, and that, that definitely stirred my anxiety, because I, I am goal-oriented, um, you know, I'm a visionary, and when things don't necessarily achieve the vision that I want, it, it does, it, it, put, it, it definitely puts a dent in the anxiety, so... Um, you know, after some further evaluation, I, I figured that it was best that I return home to Dallas uh, early of 2019. Um, and there it was just a lot of getting my mental health back into place. Yep. I tried doing, um, you know, transcendental meditation. I'm not sure if you're completely familiar with what that is. Um, it's basically where you take uh, two times a day for 20 minutes to just relax um, in a quiet space and say your mantra. Mm -hmm. um, I, had, I had heard about it through Howard Stern, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, yeah, I meditate and, every morning. And he, he does meditation and a bunch of other people I hear do it, and it's been really successful. The only thing um, you know that I didn't really care for too much about it was the fact that you need silence and stuff. And 
I don't do well with silence because that leads to ruminating thoughts for me. Not necessarily negative ones, but it's hard just to keep my mind focused. Like even when I go to bed at night, I'm always having like the TV or something on just because I like that background sound. Sure. Um, um, so I gave Transcendental Meditation a try. Um, went, um, but the biggest thing that honestly helped me was I, I found a therapist that was the right fit for me. Um, Say that again. Yeah, he say that for the people. He, he, you got to find somebody that is truly the right fit for you, and the big thing is just having somebody that'll listen too, um, and and being able to. Another hard thing that I, I had a difficult time doing was expressing my emotions in in a healthy manner. We, um, we as men have trouble doing that. Yeah, and and just in general, all of us, all over the world. Yeah, and it's not even that I would just my emotions but I just had a difficult time um, talking about my emotions and so having a like a physical graph of like emotions that I could say you know this is how I feel and that's how I feel and a lot of my um, you know I realized a lot of the emotions that I felt were um, guilt and shame like I felt and, and guilt and shame go hand in hand yeah. Yeah. Um, together they're, they're basically twins um and i felt guilty for you know some of the stuff i had done in my past i felt that i was bringing shame upon you know my parents and and because you weren't like doing exactly what everyone had envisioned for you or what not necessarily what everyone had envisioned but what i had envisioned for myself i mean i tell people um you know i i don't really know what my purpose in life is other than i guess fulfilling my parents legacy and and being successful because they're successful my grand my grandma's successful my my family they're all successful um you know financially so, yeah. just uh mentally um and friendship wise that I, I felt like there was a predetermined narrative and image that I had to fulfill and the fact that I wasn't being able to fulfill those I was having a lot of the shame and guilt and seeing the therapist um, definitely has helped me be able to express those emotions a lot more especially when it came to my parents um, like the big thing that when you're expressing your emotions is using I statements, not you statements or this and that. You need to tell how I'm feeling, not that you're making me feel this way, but right. I feel this way because... Um, We're in control of our emotions. Exactly. So, um, and it also gives you that, that level of empowerment. I mean, the group that I call... Um, it's called well not group but his practice is called empowered maturity awesome. and it's learning it's learning how to to empower yourself and, and grow and learn and um and and that sort of realm so uh, seeing my therapist has been extremely extremely helpful and it's gotten me to reevaluate re my goals and um visions and aspirations in life and you know one of the big things that i realize is um you know, money doesn't necessarily buy you happiness. I mean, uh, I, who is a Mark Cuban, I think, says, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but money will make you a lot happier. Um, but it, it can ease the stress, right? Yes, if it can. If every day you're worried about what your next meal is going to be, if your house is going to get paid for, if your rent is going to get paid, if your car is, that's very stressful, obviously, and it causes you to be stressed. Exactly. <laughs> so it obviously makes things easier, but the happiest people 
can have the littlest amount of things because things aren't that important. Yeah, um, I mean, there's this uh, there's this familiar story, you know, of this Indian prince who was completely sheltered um, in his kingdom and was given everything he wanted, had all the amount of money, had his servants, had all this sort of stuff, and he wasn't allowed to go on the outside, and he ended up one day escaping and going on the outside and living a very minimalistic life. Um, well, that guy, that, that Indian prince that we all know of today, is his name is Buddha. Mm-hmm. And so learning about how, you know, he came from this background just to live a, materi- uh, a non-materialistic life, you know, shows that there's um, happiness isn't necessarily through materialism or money or stuff like that. Um, but, you know, like you're saying, um, you definitely need to be able to make ends meet in order to... Just to, you know, have what you need to live, to, exactly. to eat, to get to places, you know, exactly. to have a little fun or take some trips. But overall, your happiness is created inside. Exactly. And being and ha- usually when you put out that kind of energy and that kind of vibe and that kind of frequency, things just start to like, good yeah. relationships come your way, good job offers come your way, and ha- just like in flow of life. Exactly. Happiness leads to success, in, in my opinion, because if you're not happy, then... Um, you're not really doing anything. Um, It's a little more self-destructive, if anything. And so um, during that time of being back home and reflecting, you know, I thank God every day I have the parents that I do that were able to support me um, while I was trying to figure stuff out. I ended up going back to school at the community college that I didn't want to go to. Colin? And it's not, yeah, it's not even a community college. Oh, it's really a four-year school now. It's a four-year school. Yeah, I think but the place is awesome. Yeah, the place is incredible. It's, it's actually awesome. right down the street from everybody. I was about it? to say, um, it would have been ideal had I been living, well, not that I lived far from it anyway, but um, I discovered that they actually had a good audio engineering program. Um, like I said, been trombone player for 15 years. Music was something that I had considered before going back to, uh, or before going to undergrad, before being talked out of it. And I thought it would be a good balance between my IT background and my musical background because it really is both an art and a science at the same time. Yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. So, yeah, I've been uh, given uh, Jackson, you know, various tips and tricks on the potting and the, yeah. and the microphones. Watch out for my audio just to be yeah, so. sick. Because when I first started this podcast, audio was trash. Well, yeah, you're probably, I mean. <laughs> and then someone was really nice enough to send me these mics. Because they're like, hey, we listen to your podcast. It's really good, but we can't fucking hear you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely. And, and you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of factors that come into audio. And, and, but anyways, and we're on the up and up here. Yeah, so I um, ended up going back to... Uh, yeah, going back to school, and that program took a year. It was full-time. I wasn't working, really, during that. I got some contract work through my mom's uh, marketing research company here and there, but it really wasn't too much or not enough, really, uh, you know, to make ends meet. So I was very, very fortunate and lucky to have the parents that I do. Um, you know, I, I may not say I love them every day, but I, I definitely try to express, um, like I said, those feelings to them that I'm very, very appreciative and, and let them know that. Good. Um, talk about my parents a lot on the show, so yeah. let it out, baby. Let the um, love out. Yeah, they're great. Plus, I'm not going to lie, having a dog back home makes things a lot better. Just having, you know, 
somebody that's going to always show you unconditional love mm. Um, mm. is the dog. Um, I would love to get one. I want to get one. One day. Um, I want to get one for this house. So, yeah, she... Uh, if I'm not here, I'm usually going back to the house. Not, not necessarily to see the parents, but to see the dog. You know, also see the parents, but... The, the dog takes the, the priority. I get it. I get um, it. There's something about petting a dog that's just really soothing, too. It's so nice. It's comforting. They love you. They're there. Exactly. And, they just um, look at you with such happiness. Yeah. They so, lick your face. I'm like, yep. And I also feel like, you know, that could be a great way to meet people, too, is, is by having a dog. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, for sure. You go to the dog park and they just mingle. You just mingle easy. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's very easy to find common ground with, with other people with the dog, but... Um, so you were at Colin, you crushed it for a year. Yeah, crushed it for a year. I actually hadn't done that well. You know, I I was very academically focused and driven and, and trying to perfect my art. But the big, um, I guess, the the barrier, I, I guess you could say, is the uh, audio industry and being like in the studio or, or working in uh, music, sound, film, that sort of stuff. In Dallas, it, it's hard to see clearly of where this path can take you um, if you're not in L.A., New York, Nashville, you know, any yeah. big music hubs. So, I, you know, the question I always, you know, that rattled me up or I, I try to avoid at times was, you know, so what do you plan on doing with this degree? And the and it's not even a degree; it's a certification, and I, that doesn't make that doesn't mean anything. I, I I took it as more of trade school. I learned. I went to go gain a skill set, and now I have a hobby that I'm always you know at my computer trying to hone in my skill sets and I totally stuff get that. like that. But you know, I tried. I was thinking about starting my own just freelance audio engineering business which i still do have sand sound studio it's kind of a play off my last name um and the goal was to you know hopefully find clients put, but you really have to be able to put yourself out there and i'm i've, I've never been really great at selling myself I've, i i always sell myself short mm. and a lot of that i think stems from the lack of confidence mm. uh from back in the days that's why i don't love doing sales uh that's not a career path for me but um that also you know too led to some anxiety and like what am i going to do with this now that i have this i don't want it to just not be put to use right um which that in turn you know going back to my therapist it's like what am i going to be doing with my life you know and having this conversation with my parents that you know sometimes you're gonna have to do something that you don't like in order to get to something that you do like and um that started off with uh you know me driving for food delivery doing food delivery and you know postmates just on-demand job and the most most reason why i did that when was, did you just to get a little time reference when was when did you finish the Colin gear thing. So I finished Colin in, in May, which, um, of 2019, was, uh, no, 2020. So this oh. year, so actually so in the middle of the pandemic. And so, so okay. my last, uh, eight weeks were, were as COVID hit. So that was a nice transition and it's not easy to do audio work when you're, uh, or, you know, when you're not in the studio per se, there were a lot of barriers and limitations that I had to navigate around, 
um, but, you know, successfully did so. Now, I wish I could be in, you know, the, the best part about, you know, audio engineering and being in the studio is the people and the camaraderie that you're built there. I mean, there's something magical that happens when you're making music um, with other people. So that was kind of the thing that I definitely missed the most about being in the classroom, but we still were able to navigate, you know, through um, living on Zoom and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, navigating through the pandemic was definitely interesting, but, and that also was kind of a, a barrier when it came to looking for work in, in this field. Like, I was supposed to go to a wedding in April mm -hmm. in L.A., and I was going to spend some time in, um, like, uh, Studio City or Burbank or go and try to network while I was there just to learn more about the industry. And that ended up getting postponed indefinitely, so I didn't. I haven't been to L.A. I know the studios are kind of, not a lot of people are going in and out of them just mm. because... I mean, the last thing you want people doing is breathing on the microphone during a during COVID. So, sure. do you know anyone who lives in LA? I do, um, and I actually, you know, there's somebody I went to high school with that uh, she, she does this for a living, and she actually was in a very similar situation where she went to college for studying audio engineering and had a lot of periods of questioning. You know, what am I going to do with this? How, where will this take me? Um, needless to say, she now works in Disney Animation and worked on like Frozen Two, which is cool. Wreck-It Ralph Two, uh, and and very other. I need to watch Frozen Two. I've only seen Frozen One. I haven't seen either of them. All right, we're ripping that up um, after this. So, and I even yeah, no, my sister's always watching it. Um, no, I, I'm more of the Marvel Disney kind of person and, and Star Wars, so. Um, so just hearing that, you know, success story had really inspired me and I actually reached out to her. She was one of those that I was hoping that I could, uh, connect with while I was out there and maybe, um, get a studio tour. But because of COVID, um, getting a formal internship or something just started to appear to be a lot less likely for me. Um, well, whenever we can, let's go to LA because I have a lot of friends there and I like LA. I love LA. Yeah, yeah, I got I got family, I got friends. My actually, my best friend just got a job with the uh, the courthouse, uh, the county of LA. Cool. So uh, we're going he, to LA. He he's like Joel my, and Jackson take LA. Yeah, he he's my uh, my my best friend. Absolutely, like the guy that I I went to for all my problems. He's the one that your you homie. Know, yeah, the guy that I call to. You What's know, his name? His name's Connor. Shout out Connor. Um, miss ya. Uh, you know, the one that I could call up crying if something was, was wrong and, and stuff like that. And he'd always be there for me. Um, so Beautiful. That, that, you know, best friend I could ask for. And he lives there. Just moved to LA this month. Um, wow. Yeah. He, okay. he was in San Diego. Okay. Cool. Like oh, so he knows the California vibe then. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Phoenix. Cool. And ended up wanting to get to California. Sweet. Super, sweet. Super sweet. Cool guy. Um, so... Yeah, I didn't. I don't really know where audio engineering is taking me right now, but I know that I needed to, you know, speaking with my therapist, the big thing that I wasn't doing was, or the one thing I was doing was being fairly unproductive. And, you know, the idea of being productive is different for everybody. Um, some people need to always stay busy sometimes. Some people are just going to work and doing their thing. For me, I wasn't really, it was, you know, I wake up, I... I'd read, I'd, you know, do some exercise, I'd do some mixing on with what I had, um, but it wasn't really anything that was furthering me 
towards uh, a goal of getting back into a working world because one th- that's one of the things that gave me a lot of anxiety was being in a corporate structure. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I'm fine with authority, but I like to be my own boss and be able to take the, the reins of my own path. And it's taken me um, some time to be able to figure out um, how to manage all of that. Like right now, I don't have, you know, any issues if I need to, you know, work for corporate for a little bit. But understanding that cultural fit is a very important thing to me and um, having people that, again, will empower you and help you grow um, is something that's very, very important. but the big thing that my therapist said is, you know, he, he told me about how the Newton's first law um, is very applicable to mental health. So um, for those who don't know what Newton's first law is, an object at rest tends to stay at rest and an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So I was just that sitting tennis ball, not really moving. And what needed to happen was to give me a little push on the butt um, to, to get me going. And that's when I, you know, I signed up for the food delivery. Um, and most of that wasn't necessarily to make money because it's definitely not an economical way of living. It's a good supplemental way of living. Sure. Um, but I needed to get out of the house for my own sanity. Yeah. So that was definitely um, helpful, especially since my sister had just moved back home too. And How so old is she? She is 24. Um, okay. so, so full she, house. Yeah, and she she's in her last semester. She's actually student teaching right now at, at a school, first grade. Nice. Um, so Congrats. you know, it it, it it wasn't ideal, you know, being twenty six and being one big happy family again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough transition. You know, yeah, I want I want to be independent. That, that's my main goal, and that's of course I think anybody's goal especially parents is to help their children grow up to be independent yeah um and so getting that job kind of get a get got the ball rolling for me and from there that this was like late july um when i started doing this and i knew that i had an october deadline given to me by my parents that i would need to move out um and it wasn't like an ultimatum. It was out of love that they needed me knowing that my independence and them not being surrounded by me and me just thinking that they're always, you know, on my left and right shoulder looking after me, that I needed to get out of the house and be able to do my own things. And that's when, um, you know, I, I, I believe in a higher power. To me, it's, it's God. Um, and I truly believe that he had a path set for me Mm -hmm. um i i got my ball rolling with the delivery and then i had reached out to tanner to you know watch the baseball game with him and that's when you know i I ran into to you and Mm -hmm. you know i i had found out that uh seth uh tanner's younger brother uh bought a house and i was like hey you know quick plug but if you need a, a roommate you know let me know and I guess that's when, you know, you said that you had an extra place and, you know, 
I wasn't necessarily going to be the one to reach out, but I was so thankful that you ended up, you know, reaching out to me on Facebook. So, you know, I, I, I honestly, I truly felt like that was, you know, God speaking to me that things were starting to head in the right direction, that I had got my wheels turning and that they yeah. were really starting to turn. For me too. And from there, um, I ended up getting contract work through my, I mean, even bigger contract work through my mom's company. Um, I ended up meeting a guy online through a, a engineering uh, an engineering like group um, who needed a trombone player to be record or to record for some of his big band jazz stuff. So I ended up doing some of that for him. And then again, um, when I was at a uh, a quick socially distanced get together. Um, <laughs> The other week, uh, there was a girl there that was telling me about her company and how she loves it. She's always talking about it with a smile um, so that, you know, my background can be really applicable. Um, and after just, you know, tens and dozens and, and of just generic rejection letters from companies that I've been applying to, um, the day that I applied is the day that I heard back. So again, I, I felt like that was, you know, God speaking to me that, you know, things are really headed in a right direction. And my mo so the momentum is it, it, the wheels are turning and hopefully, you know, they're not going to be slowing down anytime soon. It really took that initial spark of motion in order to get things to start falling in place like a domino effect. And, you know, um, yeah, like I said, I, I'm a firm believer in, in everything happening for a reason. Um, but holding on to that piece of faith definitely was a big thing for me. Um, moving into here, you know, one of the best things I think I heard my dad say was, you know, I haven't really noticed that your transitional anxiety hasn't shown. I haven't heard you, you know, have a panic attack or, or throw up or any of that sort of stuff. And I really felt um, my anxiety was fairly manageable knowing that things were starting to fall into place at the right time. So I couldn't have been, you know, more grateful for how things were going. And a lot of that, again, I, I give, you know, gratitude to my therapist for helping me realize the things that I need to do. You know, gratitude to my family for giving me that little smack in the butt saying, you know, we need you to be independent. Right. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, God, for... for um, it's putting exactly where you need to having, be. Yeah, for putting me where I need to be, that things are going to happen for yeah. a reason. So, Absolutely. You know, that's, that's a little bit about how I got to where I am now. And hopefully, you know, the, the future is looking bright for me. And that's not to say, like I said, I'm still on that Ferris wheel. I... I'm sure that there will be a time where I hit a low point, sure. but I know um, right now a lot more of how to manage those emotions, manage the anxiety, um, and be able to recognize that, you know, it is just a spiral and that this is just a temporary barrier that I'll be able to get over and there, there will be much better, brighter things for me. Because um, life... You might think life is fairly, you know, just a straight line, but it, it, it really is all over the place. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's so many different factors that contribute to that. The people, the things you do, the, um, you know, the work you do, 
all that sort of stuff um, helps contribute their path. There's a reason why the game of life is all windy and stuff. Right. There's so many different yeah. Line, There's so, so many different pivots you're going to make in life, right? So yeah, we have like these intentions and these desires to go to a certain place, and we may eventually get there. But what's important is knowing that you can take a left or a right turn and still make it to that same spot. And it doesn't have to be like this. Exactly. But uh, a wise man once told me, peaks and valleys, man. Peaks and valleys. Exactly. And that's, I mean, very few words, but it makes sense, right? So it's just about understanding that the valleys can, are going to uh, last a shorter amount of time if you understand how emotionally resilient you are, like what stuff you need in the moment to get you out of those valleys and that you can ride those peaks a little longer knowing that you're grateful for each moment, appreciating the present, and just like, you know, being nice. Also yeah. Also important. Like, like grandma says, you know, this too shall pass. And I never really fully understood what that meant. Like, when I have long spurts of anxiety, like, grandma, I know you're from a different generation where they didn't really talk about this or understand this as much, but, you know, I never really thought, like, you know, th this is always going to be with me, but... Um, this too shall pass. Yeah, you'll hit your your peaks and your valleys, but you know she's still a big supporter of mine, and you know really full of wisdom. Your elders, even if they don't always understand what's going on, they yeah. they have a lot of relatable experiences. She's coming to town, though, right? Today. 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 Grandma yeah. comes to Dallas. Get to see Grandma. I don't really know what we're going to be doing, but at least it'll keep my parents occupied. And, you know, she lives alone, so it, it'll be nice to give her something to do. I yeah. She's got four great-grandchildren in Nashville, so uh, those definitely kept her on her toes when she would spend some time there. That's so. a place that I want to move to. Nashville? Yeah. It's, it's an interesting place. Figuring out where I want to go. You know, post after, Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably have this place forever. Just and maybe not live here forever, but maybe rent it out or whatever. Yeah, build your equity. But uh, yeah, I like to move different places. I mean, I think it's really like it's obviously like you said by going to ASU, right? It's really important to experience new places, new environments, new people to diversify, to have variety in your life, right? So yeah, and it's definitely at college where I realize like getting there's you know. I don't know if anybody else has heard of the term, but the Plano bubble. I mean, we're kind of in, yeah. this, in this bubble. A bit, yeah. Um, and getting out and just meeting all these different people from different backgrounds and, and stuff like that has really opened my eyes up to, you know, how big, you know, or how different the world is, how diverse it is. Um, and, you know, just being able to get out and experience the new things has definitely given me a, a change of perspective than I was the shy and, you know, more naive person that you knew in high school has, has allowed me to really expand and grow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're both not the same people that we were in high school. Most definitely not. Um, which I think is really beautiful and important to note, right? Because we're always evolving and growing and changing. Um but uh, going back to you and your and now kind of your like your creative career of audio engineering, um, that that wasn't something that was like having a creative career like an entrepreneurial type job wasn't something that was. Did you think that wasn't like allowed when you were younger, or just wasn't something that was in your realm because of what your parents did and kind of how 
what you saw yourself doing as like a natural pattern. Yeah, I'm not going to say that my parents didn't allow anything except, you know, maybe becoming a male stripper or something like that. I think you could do that. Which, which, isn't, be awesome. which isn't too far off from, uh, you know, what you're doing right now, Jackson Stone. Woohoo! Um, Check but, out my underwear pics on the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Um, no, you know, they always were there to, like, I, I say the word empower a lot. They were always there to help me be successful because ultimately that's a parent's goal is to help their children be successful in life. Um, but like I said, just being naive and not really knowing too much and just hearing stories of, you know, creative aspect, um, you really got to push. And I was more, I was more of a let the opportunity come to me rather than seek out the opportunity. Um, and I think that that shift in mindset really changed how I viewed how I wanted to live and stuff like that. I mean, it's great to have somebody just come to you and be like, Hey, you could do this for, you know, X amount of money or, or, you know, X amount of time rather than really taking, you know, the empowerment to back yourself and being able to to seek out the opportunities yourself and um like i said i'm still not great at selling myself i do definitely sell myself short of mm. it but um being an opportunity seeker rather than an opportunity recipient has, has been big for me myself too yeah sense. yeah yeah well it's hard i mean a creative career is hard having like kind of your own business is very hard you know because you're one on one on the bright side it's it's cool because you're you're in charge of everything yeah right it's all on you but on the same token that's also very hard because it's all on you i was gonna say an audio engineering isn't like the cheapest career path in the world like right you have to have good equipment you you have to invest money and all this stuff you know know? a nice microphone is more than an instrument like uh it could be around thirty two hundred dollars right just a nice microphone setup my and these are necessities right you have to have these things exactly in order to record people to get the highest quality um sounding because that that's what a goal is is um to help you know enable people to sound the best that they can right um and 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 back in high school i wasn't really exposed to this whole um you know recording industry side of things and the computer um what it's like to be behind the computer rather than behind the instrument because all i knew was live performances and, and that sort of thing and that really helped evolve my mindset was being able to, you know, especially with streaming services, that, that really opened my mind to the amount of music that um, there is out there mm-hmm. rather than having to buy 99 cent song on iTunes or go to the library and get a CD or something. But having like an entire library of just music um, really helped um, open my mind, like my mind, like in high school, all I really listened to was classical jazz and then Lil Wayne and Mac Miller. And, <laughs> Mac Miller. Yeah. Right, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, his anniversary of his death was like two days ago. Yeah. Um, but I was very narrow minded when it came to, to music and stuff like that. And, and those sort of things helped open my mind and realize the opportunities that there truly are in the music and the audio world. Like even I took a, a class for, uh, uh, audio for film and just learning about how 
everything that you hear is just a lie. Like uh, watching horror movies or seeing some gut spewing out or somebody's bone breaking. Now I know it's just some jackass in a studio booth playing with frozen vegetables and crunching like carrots. Really? Or, or, like, playing with lettuce and stuff like that. Like I can't wait to come into your room and find you playing with lettuce and I, carrots. I was going to say, yeah, um, just making... For, I actually have a great cell library. Um, lots of crushing and uh, a lot of farts and belches that are good, too. <laughs> on there. But, yeah, just, just learning about, um, you know, even what you see on, you know, on film, there's somebody that has to put sound to that. So, right. It's really opened my mind to that, um, and hopefully, you know, there will be opportunities. Plus, you know, most of the podcasts you hear, like we're doing right now, usually there's somebody in there that's, um, you know, making sure that the audio quality is at its fullest. 100%. So, you know, shameless plug, anybody that's listening and uh, uh, no has a podcast. No plug that shit. Um, feel free to, to reach out to Jackson, who could hit me up or I could be reached at sandsoundstudio.com or at gmail.com um, link in the description if, if you have one it will be it will be on the website at jacksontalkseverybody.com yeah so um, you know even being able to, to sync up the dialogue that we're doing right now to the video that you have is something that you know I'm capable of doing and even editing out you know the room that we're in or um, just bringing out the qualities of everything. That's something that, you know, I, 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 you just learn new things. And I'm really passionate about learning new things and, and how things work. Um, you know, even aside from just the audio or, or technology stuff, I just like to, to be constantly learning and, and, and understanding new things. Like my favorite, one of my favorite shows is Jeopardy, and the reason why is just because I learn new facts all the time just on Jeopardy. So, yeah, um, you know, being a lifelong learner is something that I consider myself, whether it's formal or informal education. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Now I know you better. The people viewing know you better. And you're now officially part of the Jackson Stone team. I'm glad to be a part of it. I just, you know, I realized when I got in here and saw the merch that we have the same initials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel, Joel Sands and Jackson Stone. So I see my initial. I'm going to be rocking. People are going to think I'm some, you know, buddy walking around with his initials on his hat. <laughs> um, and I'll be like, no, it's my roommate, Jackson Stone, not Joel Sands. Maybe I'll get, you know, an my business logo on there we're gonna make an official new roommates tea new everybody's land roommates tea yeah so uh, <clears throat> but you did bring some cool you brought some cool stuff to the house though we got like you can't see on camera but whatever we have like this really sweet trophy case with a bunch of dirt and whiskey bobbleheads i just I threw know. my Barry bonds one in there it's pretty dope um yeah i'm really into art got some art my room yeah. is all filled with art and we have a pretty now we have a sweet studio kind of sound studio yeah. In the in Joel's room. Uh, we have a gym, beer pong room. I mean, we're just like set up for all kinds of activities. I was going to say, I'm, I'm very, very satisfied with, like I said, how everything turned out. Yeah. Um, because coming from a studio bedroom in Phoenix where my kitchen was my bedroom, 
Um, it's nice to have, you know, a living room, even though I spend a lot of time in, in my room still. Uh, now I'm in the kitchen too, cooking and not having to worry about the smell of, you know, frying oil for, you know, 10 days. <laughs> and, because let me tell you, during Hanukkah, when I, I would make, I made latkes in my studio apartment and I could not get the smell out of... Ooh, are you going to make latkes in December? I, I am known for making latkes and homemade ones, so... Uh, Let's go! So any, uh, you know, nice... Hanukkah party at everybody's nice land. Jew- Jewish ladies out there that need a... Uh, uh, a guy that knows how to cook, you know. Cook latkes and curry. Yeah, I made some curry the other day. I do matzo ball soup. I, I just, you know, cooking's a nice little outlet for me. Um, just a renaissance I, man. Yeah, yeah not, I mean, nothing brings people, you know, together more than, I guess, music and food. That's so true, though. And, and So true. You, you know. Can, you can easily create connection over music and food. Exactly. And that's and, beautiful. And that's, you know, really, I guess, my... my you know, aside from, like I said, fulfilling a parent's legacy, it's, you know, just building genuine relationships with people. That That's really all I want to, you know, do in life is just connect. I don't want to so live old and... I talk about that. That's the, my most talked about point on this show, is real, genuine human connection. Yeah, I mean, we're human. We don't, we're just, we're not robots or programmed. We're meant to live this life together. Exactly. So... Beautiful. Okay. Well, um, anything, any closing, closing thoughts, remarks, statements? Um, no, like I said, again, I'm really appreciative of being here. If anybody uh, needs some audio work done again, link on his, yeah. his page to the my email. Will be, to my uh, email. Yeah, will be on the website um, and there'll be a link to his Instagram as well. If you want to DM him there. Yeah, I'd be happy to do so. Um, you know, I'm willing to do, I'm willing, if you give me a, your recording, I'm willing to give you a, a smart or a little short snippet back for uh, free to see if I'm somebody that you want to go with before I give you the full um, in length piece of audio or music or whatever you're working on. Um, just to know, you know, that I'm a good fit, that you like me. Um, so yeah, there's my little uh, shameless uh, business plug. There's I your guess spiel. that I could get in the in the podcast. So. There we go. Well, love it. Um, yeah, welcome to everybody's land. Um, thank you, uh, everyone, for watching. As always, I appreciate you guys um, genuinely. This is amazing. Um, but yeah, if you like this episode, or if you liked any episode really of this podcast slash YouTube show, uh, please tell a friend, share with a friend, rate, comment, subscribe, like. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Take care. I love you. Take care of your mental health and, uh, see you next time.